Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Whovian Review. I am Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. And I'm Jace. And tonight, we're going to dive back into The Doctor's Daughter from Season 4 of Doctor Who. And we're revisiting it, yes. Two of us have already talked about it before. Congratulations. <laughs> Two of us haven't. So why don't you guys start us off? So as one of the most important people in this podcast next to Jace here, um, I have to say there was a lot going on in this episode that was really great. I mean, it, it picked up right where we left off on, on this cliffhanger of the TARDIS pulling in Martha Jones to the party once again, uh, back in her role as a companion. And we land, you know, in a not so unfamiliar, you know, scenario of Doctor Who in the middle of a war. Hmm. As to do a quick 180, one thing I just can't help but say is that I really didn't really enjoy Martha alongside the Doctor. However, in like the last episode and this episode, like I, I, I love her to death. Yeah, she's so much better. She's badass. She's clever. She literally was stuck in with a room of aliens and made it work. Like, that's crazy. And even got one of them to die for her. Like, that's... Right? Not something, I guess, to promote, but, you know, it's... No, she went from, like, Dr. Jones to the Dr. Jones. The Dr. Jones. Wow, remember me to get that tattooed on my back. I will. Okay, thank you. You're a good friend. Um, Is he? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was incredible. Like I just, I just, I, 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 I had a bad taste in my mouth after a while for Martha, but she definitely probably is one of my favorite companions now because of it. Oh yeah, and she was there with that hat. She said, "Like, uh, excuse me, I am his patient, and I will care for my patient now." She didn't care. Yeah, and then she stood out like, "Yeah, I'm Martha Jones." Yeah, I mean, I thought that. Of course, that was like a great part in it. But however. I thought the episode was absolutely great. However, um, I kind of wish that we kind of dived into the relationship between the doctor and his previous actual daughter a little bit more. I feel like it would have pulled on the heartstrings a little bit more when it came to, like, this newfound daughter that he has. I don't disagree. Right? I mean, I feel like he could went more into it. But it would be a little bit... It would, it would be extremely out of character for the doctor to talk about his, you know, personal life and family and stuff. He's like notoriously secretive about it. I mean, you don't, you never yeah. hear him bring up Susan anymore, and he traveled around time and space in the TARDIS with her. That doesn't yeah. mean that I wouldn't want to hear it and revisit it well, from the doctor's perspective. Yeah, so I, I, it might be out of character, but you know, I think for a better story, they would have to do like a flashback or something with it. Yeah, which I feel I like would turn it into a two-parter. But that could have worked. I mean, yeah. flashbacks in Doctor that. Who—that's funny. Has there ever been uh, like flashbacks in Doctor? In a, in a sense, but you know, in, in a sense, every or episode is a flashback. Is a flashback. <laughs> I mean, I just thought it would have been cool for him to be like, oh, not just be like, oh yeah, I had a daughter, but just more go a little bit into like what it meant to have a daughter and that could have leaked into like his emotional treatment of his new daughter. Although to be fair, I thought David Tennant did a phenomenal job portraying all of that, uh, just like in his facial expressions and like, Oh, he did. One thing I love about David Tennant that I'm starting to realize is his acting abilities. He doesn't even have to talk for you to like know what he's feeling and know what he's thinking. And I thought that this was, further emphasize of this episode of how he related to what was her name jenny yeah yeah and, yeah. and at the end when he's there and, and jenny is dying in his arms like everybody there you know just wants to call david Tennant daddy 
I know I do. I I will admit that the last time I talked about this episode, I was a little harsh on his acting. And on reflection and review, I would have to say that this episode, I think, does kind of showcase David Tennant's abilities. I I know that a lot of times Peter Capaldi is typically known as the, the best actor who took on the role of the Doctor. But... I think he's got competition with David Tennant in terms of just pure talent because both of them do definitely have that ability to show a lot of their acting in their face and their eyebrows. I don't know that's what Capaldi was known for. Well, yes, he's. I mean, he should be. Capaldi. Capaldi's an Academy Award-winning actor, so he is definitely not someone that. I mean, there's there's never been as much of an awarded actor. In the history of Doctor Who, huh. so oh no wonder he's the best. I you heard it here first, <laughs> yeah. everyone. But but Make to sure. be fair, I mean everybody has their own taste. I think I think for for a lot of people, Peter Capaldi's acting didn't quite didn't quite help enough for some of the scripts that he had because some of the scripts were worse during his tenure than a lot of the scripts that David Tennant had. I disagree with that. I thought he made it work. I like, thought the scripts well. were great. Yeah, I thought there were a lot of great and interesting except premises for that moon episode. I'm going yeah, except b- for the moon one. like And that one, like, tree one. But <laughs> there are some exceptions. <laughs> there, there, you know, there's there always some pokiness in Doctor Who. Right, By and large, the episodes were excellent, and they were written excellently. And I'm going by what a lot of people online have posted, not okay. my personal. Devil's viewpoint. advocate of average. I'm viewer. trying to. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely we taking. Capaldi. We're Capaldi. Well, safe we are man. expert viewers, Michael, <laughs> and our audience are expert Capaldi viewers. Well, and also, I mean, if you think about it, I like every doctor, so it's kind of difficult for me to actually hate on any one of them. Yeah, no, there's, there's I'm always going to find something good in all of them, and in everything. <laughs> yeah, I think that says more about you than it does about As we should. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, true. Just like the doctor finds, like, even in a soldier spawn, there's something good. Even yeah. even in, you know, a, a, a group of soldiers, you know, who have been fighting for generations and generations, there's something good. Even, even like, fish people, you know, who, who breathe, you know, green gook, there's something you good. You know what? Can we please talk about that for a moment? Like, where did this happen? Ah. How did this happen? And why did these things exist? I don't know, but like, I think they're, they're great. They, they, they got together, like, as a group at some point prior to coming to this planet, and they, like, traveled on a spaceship together, so they're Clearly. probably... Well, I mean, like, that's that's the story. Yeah. You know, so they... <laughs> I do have one problem with the, the half, though, is that the TARDIS translation circuits are supposed to translate anything into English as long as the Doctor is not not unconscious. Well, but there's been things that it has been unable to translate before. Yes, mm-hmm. and I agree with that, but it would have been nice to have an explanation. If they had just said, hey, the half are actually underwater so the TARDIS doesn't know what they're saying because the water distorts it, that so makes sense. So you're saying we need to revisit these guys and, like, newer who? I would love to revisit the half. I mean... I would love to revisit Jenny. I can't... I keep waiting for her to pop back up <laughs> to the show. She pulled the same yes, claw please. thing. Yes, please. Yeah, I think Jenny's one of those that a lot of fans are just like, why can't we just have her back? Now, she has been in the audio series, and she has, has had her own series. Jenny. 
Um, and so I think she's even actually had some audios, even with David Tennant and Peter Davison, I think, or something like that. I don't remember. I, I think wonder she's, why. She has visited other doctors, I believe, I in her travels. I wonder why two in particular. I don't know what oh, else was yeah, going on in her career, of- but like we were really like hyped up in this episode for her to be a companion, it really seemed like. We were, and then she had to the die out The title selfish. of the episode, you know, yeah. coming in with the doctor's daughter, and then it's like, Oh yes, of course you are coming along. We are. We can't leave you here. It's never You're mind. gonna have all these adventures. You're going to do this and do that. You're gonna come come with me. Well, but then no, it's, it's a separation. It's just made it it's so heartbreaking. There. I think it was set up for a possible spinoff because of course Russell T Davies, who was the showrunner at this point, was the king of 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 making these spinoffs because he did Sarah Jane Adventures and he did Torchwood. I figure he was probably thinking maybe I can do the Jenny adventures. The problem with it is that Jenny's just like the Doctor, so you it would be almost like having the second another series with yet another Doctor. It would almost be pointless. Yeah, it would have been kind of cool for like before Gallifrey, you know, did the thing with the thirteenth Doctor era. I don't want to do spoilers or anything. If Jenny would have come back as like another Time Lord, because keep in mind in this episode they didn't think that she would actually regenerate. Well, she kind of didn't. She just kind of pulled a Jack Arkness and just became Jenny again. Well, I think it was kind of like a partial regeneration where a Time Lord can regenerate back into himself in certain circumstances, and that was noticeably in the classic series books. They talked about it a lot. They didn't really show it too much. But it can happen. So my guess is that this is probably just kind of a play on, okay, she's not like the Doctor where she changes everything about her, but she can. She does have some regenerative abilities. The other possibility is that because the planet was just terraforming at that point, she was able to harness that energy and kind of have a regeneration through the planet itself. That, of course, was not explained. All we know is that she did kind of sort of regenerate. So again, I think there's a lot that's going on in this story that was really good, but unfortunately there's a lot that's unexplained and kind of hurriedly or hurriedly explained. Like the whole fact that you've got this group of people that are cloned within seven days. You've got so many generations of people. Is that a problem? Right. Well, I don't think that's a problem, but... I, I I thought that that was very... Clearly explained. What, what part was confusing? No, no. I mean, no. The process <laughs> of cloning and and how and I mean. No, I get what Michael already have noticed. Been, the Centaurans have been doing it since like the sixties. Right? Sure, but these these weren't Centaurans. These weren't Centaurans either. Especially like how they were being cloned. It seems like every every human was unique in some way, and they also had a lot of knowledge and upbringing that really we know only to be through being social and having experiences in the real world, not being automatically generated. Well, okay. and, and even there's like just pre-ingrained philosophies like, oh, God should be a man, like maybe thinking. And then, you know, hearing that the spiritual, you know, deity in this situation was female. It's like, oh, I like that. That's unexpected. <laughs> like, why would you even have those expectations? Just pop out of, just popped out of a machine. Yeah, yeah. They clearly like uploaded some some information and like knowledge into them. Why also would they have a fluent vocabulary? Right. Yeah. That that's I guess not necessarily the explanation, but but it was more. Centaurans again do the exact same thing. They indoctrinate 
like they clone you and indoctrinate you and like and like move you out and equip you with weapons immediately and then you're like an adult and like good to go. I guess, yeah, but also like it's different. That's like their species, you know, from a biological perspective. That is how the Centauran do. That is not traditionally how the human do. That is not how the Time Lord do. That's why the Doctor had this big tension. Like, this is not my daughter. This is an echo of a daughter. I love your vernacular. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think I, I misspoke when I said it wasn't explained well. I think it was more just that it was... Weird. It, it's kind of a concept that it, it's kind of hard to fathom that someone could be born with all the knowledge already pre-programmed inside them ready to fight, ready to know, they know their whole history. Not really when there's a vast, you know, universe out there where anything is possible. I mean, that's just one of those things with Doctor Who that you just kind of have to go along with. Like, this exists somewhere, somehow, you just gotta roll with it. I agree, but I think also there typically well, okay, is some in, in level of science. Okay, in universe where you can, where, you know, an alien can grab your head and transfer knowledge directly into your brain and then have you, like, know all of those memories... Yeah, in that world, yes, I believe that there's a planet <laughs> that has, you know, places where they can, you know, use machines to transmit memories into. I think that this is like an established concept that's been running through Doctor Who for a very long time uh, of being able to like psychically communicate. You're not wrong, but it's also like they're they're much more unique minds, you know, with different kind of knowledges and it's it just seems like randomized in a, in a strange way where you can walk out and say, hi, dad, and click your giant rifle and be ready to kill things that you've never seen before. But at the same time, you can be like, oh, you know what? I don't need to kill these things. Let's let's toss this out and save the universe. Yeah. Per, yeah. per a new inspiration that I just had a moment ago. Yeah. But, it just it's it's a little far fetched. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not saying fair. I'm not saying that it's not far fetched in a fictional world. But yes, Jace, you had something. I think it's very strange, not strange, I think corny or cheesy is the way to kind of describe what I'm about to say, but I, cl- I know that there has there is something going on with the doctor's hand being in that little thing, <laughs> right? Because I have a Funko Pop of David Tennant, and it just has him carrying his hand around, but for the last, it feels like 10 episodes or so, we keep seeing camera shots to this hand, and it's like, why... What, are you, are you trying, to, trying to say something? Are you like I, I? I don't like. I don't get the point of teasing us with this like regularly. On They're like, yeah, level. like trying to remind you that it's still there. Yeah, I clearly know this. I'm or, not going to forget the doctor's hand being encased in some kind of liquid. Yeah, it's not a handy plot device, even though it is. No, <laughs> if I see a severed body part and a thing in the TARDIS, I'm going to remember it. I don't need flashbacks to it three times an episode for the last <laughs> like fifty episodes. I don't recall it being that many episodes, but okay. it's a decent amount. It's I've not that much it longer to where it's annoying me. It's not that much longer. Okay, but yeah, that's spoilers. Just something I need to get out. Spoilers. <laughs> Has River ever met this doctor? She will. Okay, but you already knew that because you've seen that episode. I just I kind of forgot. Or she has. Kind of, you know, it really depends on your relationship and perspective yeah. of time. Yeah. Listen, Colin, if you don't have. <laughs> It, it, kind of, it confuses me a little bit. I still understand River too, too well, but I do decently, I guess. But, oh well, I'll shut up. How did you like Jenny, Chase? She's super cute. I love her hair. Is that what you meant? Or just in general? And, I thought, and, 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 okay, here, I know what you're asking now. I thought she, shut up. 
I thought she was pretty awesome. Like, she was born to be, like, this killing machine. But then dad stepped in and still, like, rerouted her brain to think otherwise. Which is super impactful. And I don't know if that was an easy thing to do or a hard thing to do or if it was just because the doctor's genes were in her. But when you're programmed to be a certain way, it just seems kind of hard to believe that it can just change overnight without some kind of, like, heavy influence like the doctor. I have a, I have a, I have a theory on this now. I'm excited for this. All right. So imagine the machine part of the programming was to tell you to, like, defer to the nearest authority figure. Because you're a soldier, you're supposed to follow rank and order. And Jenny being, uh, you know, hyper-intelligent as, you know, a daughter of the doctor came out and was able to recognize the doctor as a higher authority than the other people on the planet. And so therefore had an automatic, you know, fail-safe to defer to his judgment. Plus she also knew that that he was the father because that's what she hears him say when she first walks out. So she automatically thinks, oh, well... Here's my dad. <laughs> so, I guess that makes some. That does make sense because Mister. I guess it was was it General Cobbs or Colonel Cobbs, whoever like Cobbs that. was. Yeah. Um. He he obviously was the the older uh, leader, but you know, it can't be that old. Well, I don't know. I mean, was he? But he, um, my question always was: Was he actually a clone, or was he from the original? Ship, which is why he, he was left in the you know age processor a little too long, <laughs> possibly. But I mean, he could also be from the original group of people, and that's why he was so um, it was so difficult for him to change in or to, to come. To yeah, I mean, so maybe like that almost implies that he uh, you know either he was he was really lying and taken, and he was definitely you know seemed to be the more evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sure, really makes his character way. a lot more sinister. If that's the case. Yeah, or or it could be that you know the lifespans are sped up a little bit too. I but let's assume that they're not, and I, I think this opens up an interesting question. If you could, you know, and, and you get to keep just as many years of your life total, would you want to? You know, just be born past your childhood and be a functioning adult out in the world? Mm. No. I can't imagine. Yeah, I would well, say no as well. Well, you can. Yeah. No, but apparently you can. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. It's the philosophical can of worms. I thought it was kind of cool how at the end of the episode, the doctor got that giant orb of whatever it was called and just smashed it, and that was what just, like, made the world inhabitable and the war ended and all this kind of crazy stuff kind of just happened and he well i don't i forgot what he exactly said but basically just being like you know what no guns here this is the start of that pass that around yeah, yeah. Like, well that was that was like oh my god when he like picked up the gun and went over and like pointed it at the I, guy i was like i don't know <laughs> i i was genuinely like is he gonna do it is he not gonna do it but he can't and then he didn't, and he it was a lesson to teach them. It was like, he whoa. And he wow. went or, the doctor or the was he actually considering it? Hard to say. With he the, probably had that conflict within himself. Yeah. With the way he looked, obviously his emotions wanted to do it, but in, a, in another sense, he, his emotions also possibly knew that he wasn't going to do it. It's probably his heart and his brain kind of, you know, having that inner conflict within him. But that look that he gives to Cobbs in the end is quite 
significant. I mean, oh, you, yeah. You know that he means business, and you know that he, he is He just serious. killed his daughter. Yeah. Well, of course. So. After she took her life to protect him. Like, that's so hard to have to deal with. Like, you... If I was a parent, I had to think about whether or not I was or not for a second. Um, it would be devastating for one of my kids to sacrifice their lives so that I could live. Oh, man. Yeah, it would be the worst, especially because the doctor was sitting there being like, you know, you find out that the whole reason why he's been mean to Jenny most of the episode is that he's, you know, can't handle letting someone else in after he, you know, loved and lost so many children. It's hard for him to accept. But yeah, he had powerful moments, you know, in the end, and, and a, a great speech moments. Like, I, I think a lot of times, like, you, you see uh, and you do declare war, but the doctor was just there. He declared peace. He was like, <laughs> screw this. Y'all I'm the doctor. Good. This war is over. Let's smash this awesome glowing ball. <laughs> Fireworks, confetti. We're building a new planet. It kind of goes back to Christopher Eccleston's the doctor dances where he, everybody lives. This is what the doctor kind of is. It kind of is part of his title, the doctor. He wants to heal. He wants to make sure that the life is worth living. So he's going to go heal the world that he's just kind of infected with his own presence. Yeah. It's kind of a nice little play on his name or title. Yeah, I thought his range was super killer here. And I love Donna. We haven't brought up yeah, Donna. I was, yeah, I was going to say, like, like Donna was great. I yeah. love Donna. Noble as always. Oh my yeah. god, when she just, like, was, you know, putting the doctor in his place, I mean, like, no. She's your daughter. You she, have to treat her that she way. She does not take no ish from anybody. And boy, does she know her numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Can't relate. I'm wondering, I mean, she... She figured it out before the doctor even did, but then I guess the doctor was also a little bit distracted with everything else going well, on. Well, yeah, he had a daughter. And that, that that was a pretty funny scene, too, where he was just like, oh, yeah, good job, like, patting the head, and she's just like, no, you're not getting it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, I, I respect that so much, like, her being able to call him out, because, you know, my job, I'm a manager, and I respect, like, my assistant, because they're not afraid to call me out, and it's kind of like the same thing with the doctor. Like, you want someone who will put you in your place, someone who will be like, listen, you need to see this, and someone to put you in check, but also support you and be there for you. That's awesome, mm-hmm. and Donna can do that. Martha, she could not. She really couldn't. She could to a degree, but not to the degree that Donna has. I don't and she's over it now. She's <laughs> over, yeah, no. She's she's great. She's I I do love Martha. I don't like her run with the Doctor, but I love what what she became and who she was without him. Yeah, which is I agreed. think a good character arc. I mean, I oh, think yeah, that's it's a good character arc. It's but... a smart way to deal with it. Now, of course, Donna just has that fire within her. Of course, she is a redhead. Oh, so now we're being stereotypical. Okay. Well, of course, all, we know that redheads have a little fire. Michael, <laughs> she wow. is pretty noble. I respect her. I do like her. She is feisty. Um, yeah. Maybe we should rate this now? Well, oh, I just had one more or comment I want to brought up. is that I actually really liked the concept of where they had a whole bunch of generations who, you know, tragically, like, were getting killed off, like, within a day of being born and stuff, and just, like, the passed-on stories over the course of a week managed to turn into, like, this whole mythos. And you can really see how easily that could happen. 
Yeah, that's great. You know, just a long enough game of telephone, you know, when you yeah. have these possibilities that generations could go on that quickly when you're creating new and new, more and more soldiers every day and you're killing more and more soldiers every day. Yeah. All right, we can go into right in style. Okay. Oh. Huh? No, no, I was. I don't know. I don't know why I jumped in, in first. Jump That's weird. You can jump. You know what? I won't jump. I'll sit. Thank you. Though. All right. Well, then I will stand up, and I will give my rating first. Okay. There's a lot to love in this episode. Um, I really do like the continuation. It's a fast opening. You pop right into the situation, and even before we see, you know, the opening music. The doctor's daughter um, pops out and says, hi, Dad. Um, and there's just a lot of power just in that situation right right now, like knowing that there's another Time Lord in the universe um, and having the opportunity to see Donna and Martha together working with the doctor. And, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a good classic story, you know, coming into war. And I, I think um, I had a, a lot of emotional moments with this episode for the half not being able to be understood and translated from the from the TARDIS they were very humanized I love that Martha stood up and and helped them and that half the realest half the realest one in this episode gives his life to save Martha he goes out into the treacherous radiation fields to help her get to back to her friends like that that is real and then we see the half humanized further when you know they they welcome Martha you know, if anything, Martha's being more successful in getting more traction with the half than, you know, the doctor is with the humans on the other side. <laughs> um, but I think it's it's a it was a great story, and I think it had good arcs. Um, really emotional moments again with, with Jenny, you know, and, and the doctor in the end parting ways. Although seemingly not the end for Jenny, but, you know, I just wish, you know, we could have some more. But this was a powerful episode. I liked it. Um, certainly, you know, a few things that could be explained better. I think that's, that's always the case though. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, and in some ways I'm almost feeling like, um, I'm, I'm going to rate this more than it might deserve, but this is, for me is going to get a nine out of 10. Wow. Well, I'm going to jump in next. Just to be totally different. Okay, the day off. before April Fool's Day. We're starting early. All right, so it's my <laughs> turn for real. I um, I think this story is a feel-good story. It's it's kind of a fun adventure. And like you said, you hit the ground running, <laughs> quite literally. There's a whole lot of running. Um, Jenny, I think, pretty much embodies the spirit of this episode. Um, and yeah, you do have Martha and Donna. I think they, they do kind of have to take a slight side step to Jenny because Jenny's a new character that is kind of significant to the doctor because he's technically, she's technically his next of kin, sort of, sort of, kind of. Um, and I, I do think that the plot is a little bit weird and a little bit unexplained, but I think also... It's not supposed to be. It's supposed. I think they created this episode more for just the characters and for the fun of the episode. Um, I think that the direction was was pretty well done, and some of the special effects that we didn't actually mention yet. I, I wanted to point those out, like when Martha goes out on the planet. I thought those pretty. Those were pretty well done. I mean, I really liked the uh, the concept of the three sons. I guess it had and. 
It was a very dark kind of environment. Of course, they hadn't terraformed it yet, so it probably looked that way for that reason. But, I mean, it's a solid story. I don't think it's... I think, though, if I compare it to a lot of the other episodes that I've seen during the season, I'm going to have to give this a 7 out of 10. I'm going to go next. (laughs) Um, All right, so... One thing, first of all, that, that we, we've uh, neglected to mention in here, there's kind of an interesting story with the actors um, in this episode. So, uh, Georgina, Georgina Moffat? Georgia. Georgia Moffat, um, who played Jenny in this, is actually the daughter of Peter Davison, who played the fifth doctor. Say what? And on this episode, she and David Tennant met and fell in love, and they are now married, and I believe have one or more children and they have a total of five children one of which one of which was georgia moffat's from before and i think the rest are david's and it's funny because apparently it's a lot of kids are you sure they weren't just all cloned Uh, one of one of the kids actually told david and georgia to that they needed to do something so they didn't have any more kids (laughs) they were told off by their own son i'm sure they have a nice you know some nice uh good doctor who money so, oh, I, they, I, let's put it this way. I'm sure this is the greatest family of all time. But in the world time. of, if you take the world of Doctor Who and combine it with the world uh, outside, you've got a, you've got this daughter who's the daughter of the person she's married to. She's the daughter of the, of the doctor in general. She's a, and she's, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So. I, I I I interrupted. I That's okay. We see this. That's some good richness on the fun facts. Yeah. Let Shelby give us some of that passion. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, she, I, I think I, yeah. that also um, it, it's interesting. If you haven't seen it, you should look up Time Crash. It's a little minisode that was done, I think, for Red Nose Day, um, where Peter Davison and David Tennant actually like go and do a whole little bit where their TARDISes crash into each other and stuff. Um and it's, you know, it's kind of amazing, especially, like, when you know that in the future, those actors will end up becoming family. <laughs> Anyways, back to this particular episode. I thought it was great. I thought that the emotional stakes were extremely high. Um, one thing we didn't even talk about was the whole scene in the uh, jail cell where, you know... Jenny challenges the doctor's fundamental beliefs about himself and and soldiers and how that works. And, um, you know, we just kind of see the whole time him going through a lot of, you know, a lot of challenges when he's, you know, being challenged by a a different sort of uh, situation than he usually hides himself from. Um, I thought that, you know, Donna and Martha were great. I liked the half. I actually, I liked the storyline. I thought it was really interesting. And I liked how it, you know, was over just seven days. It's just kind of amazing. But, you know, clear how that could happen. But as we've mentioned, there are, um, you know, some issues with this story. Um, that's it. I still love it. I'm going to give it an 8.5. All right. We got some pretty, you know, different rate, uh, ratings here. Um, I thought Martha was killer. I love her so much more when she's not the doctor's companion. I thought Donna was absolutely killer in that she kind of was the one who, like, just problem-solved at the end of the episode and was like, actually, doctor, you don't understand for once. And she went on 
Um, and um, I thought the doctor's range was amazing. Like I said, I thought Dr. I mean, um, Donna and what's her face? I just said her name. Martha were absolutely killer. Um, however, this episode wasn't an episode where I saw it and I was just completely like, wow, that's crazy. That's amazing. I just thought it was an episode that was done well. And it did talk about something that the doctor doesn't really talk about often, which is the fact that he had a family. He had kids. He had a daughter. And since he's not the type of person to open up about most things, when he does, you're just like, oh. You know? So I thought the actors were incredible. I didn't think that we needed background on the characters because I felt like what was happening as far as the characters goes and those fish people were kind of secondary. I felt like they gave us enough information, but this is mostly just a character development situation and a saying a final goodbye to Martha. And I thought the scene where she was with that fish character and they had reached the above level and that character risked his life for her and Martha just you know, sitting there crying just proves how far she's come with the doctor. Like, any life is a life. And he did what he could to support her, and she did what she could to support him. Like, they had a genuine relationship there for a second, even though they really couldn't effectively communicate. Um, But I'll stop talking. I'm probably going to give this episode an 8 out of 10, only because I thought it was a really good goodbye to Martha, and I thought it was a really good episode to see how Donna and Martha got along together and the doctor actually deal with something as intensive, you know, having loved ones in his family that he just doesn't talk about regularly. All right, let us know what you guys think. Yeah, do that. You can find us on the internet. Yeah, you can try that. You can also send a pigeon. I would appreciate the birth. I would prefer it to be an owl or a raven if it's being sent to me. I would prefer a cockatiel. They're my spirit birds. They're not, but I like them a lot. I had one. Well, we'll be watching the skies. And, you know, if an ostrich strolls by, you know, on foot, we'll uh, we'll accept them as well. Exactly. Bye now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.